0: St. Thomas's Summa, Part 3, Question 21, Article 2. Whether it pertains to Christ to pray according to his sensuality. Objection 1. It would seem that it pertains to Christ to pray according to his sensuality. For it is written in the person of Christ, My heart and my flesh have rejoiced in the living God. Now, sensuality is called the appetite of the flesh. Hence, Christ's sensuality could ascend to the living God by rejoicing, and with equal reason by praying. Objection 2. Further, prayer would seem to pertain to that which desires what is besought. Now Christ besought something that his sensuality desired when he said, Let this chalice pass from me. Therefore Christ's sensuality prayed. Objection 3. Further, it is a greater thing to be united to God in person than to mount to him in prayer. But the sensuality was assumed by God to the unity of person, even as every other part of human nature. Much more, therefore, could it mount to God by prayer. On the contrary, it is written that the Son of God, in the nature that he assumed, was made in the likeness of men. But the rest of men do not pray with their sensuality. Therefore neither did Christ pray according to his sensuality. I answer that. To pray according to sensuality may be understood in two ways. First, as if prayer itself were an act of the sensuality. And in this sense, Christ did not pray with his sensuality, since his sensuality was of the same nature and species in Christ as in us. Now, in us, the sensuality cannot pray for two reasons. First, because the movement of the sensuality cannot transcend sensible things. And consequently, it cannot mount to God, which is required for prayer. Secondly, because prayer implies a certain ordering inasmuch as we desire something to be fulfilled by God. And this is the work of reason alone. Hence, prayer is an act of the reason, as was said in the second part. Secondly, we may be said to pray according to the sensuality when our prayer lays before God what is in our appetite of sensuality. And in this sense, Christ prayed with his sensuality inasmuch as his prayer expressed the desire of his sensuality as if it were the advocate, advocate of the sensuality. And this, that he might teach us three things. First, to show that he had taken a true human nature with all its natural affections. Secondly, to show that a man may wish with his natural desire what God does not wish, Thirdly, to show that man should subject his own will to the divine will. Hence, Augustine says, Christ acting as a man shows the proper will of a man when he says, Let this chalice pass from me. For this was the human will desiring something proper to itself, and so to say, private. But because he wishes man to be righteous and be directed to God, he adds, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. As if to say, see thyself in me, for thou canst desire something proper to thee, even though God wishes something else. Reply to Objection 1. The flesh rejoices in the living God, not by the act of the flesh mounting to God, but by the outpouring of the heart into the flesh, inasmuch as the sensitive appetite follows the movement of the rational appetite. Reply to Objection 2. Although the sensuality wished what the reason besought, it did not belong to the sensuality to seek this by praying, but to the reason, as stated above. Reply to Objection 3. The union in person is according to the personal being, which pertains to every part of the human nature. But the uplifting of prayer is by an act which pertains only to the reason, as stated above. Hence, there is no parity.